Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Scarcella, reporter for The Daily Item. In today's episode, we will be talking about the legal tactics of Miranda and Elliot Barber's defense teams and the communication Francis has had with the two since they were sentenced to life in prison. On the morning of November 12, 2013, a body was found on an alley in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Later identified as Troy LaFerrera, the victim of a gruesome murder had been stabbed more than 20 times. Sunbury police spent weeks investigating the crime before arresting 18-year-old Miranda Barber, followed by her husband, Elliot, just a few days later. With ties to Satanism and their self-described desire to just kill someone together, the couple was soon recognized nationwide as the Craigslist killers. Miranda and Elliot Barber did not end up going through trials for the murder of Troy LaFerrera. Both individuals, who could have faced the death penalty, ended up taking plea deals and were sentenced to spending the rest of their lives behind bars. I mean, obviously it was expected to be a death penalty case. It was expected to be a, you know, long trial, a costly trial. And out of nowhere, uh, they wanted to take a plea and take the death penalty off the table, which would have put them uh, only eligible for life in prison without parole. And uh, once that happened, everything kind of spiraled and went pretty quick. Uh, First up was, I believe it was Elliot, who uh, pled guilty, uh, didn't really say much in court, uh, apologized. He's one that did apologize in there. And uh, like I said, it was a really quick, there was a bunch of pretrial motions and, and stuff that dragged out prior to. On April 11th, 2014, the Daily Item reported that Miranda Barber's defense team was arguing that the murder weapon, the knife, had been obtained illegally. According to the defense team, the search warrant that was used to obtain the weapon read 101 Market Street, Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. But the home at 101 Water Street in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania was the one that was actually searched and where the weapon was obtained by investigators. The Daily Item also reported on May 7, 2014, that Miranda Barber's defense team was arguing that she was denied her right to legal counsel. They claimed she begged for counsel several times, but was denied. Police, however, testified that because Miranda was not under arrest at the time, legal counsel could not have been provided to her. This argument about Miranda's right to counsel really goes back to the confession she made to police. For the defense, if her rights were denied, her confession may not have been admissible. However, it was decided by the court that Miranda's confession was admissible and her right to counsel had not been violated, as she had earlier waived her Miranda rights as well as signed a consent form. It said, like, at one point in April, they were trying, the defense was trying to say that, like, the murder weapon was obtained illegally because, yeah. like, the address on the search warrant was wrong or something. Like, they were making all these attempts, which I guess is, as well, a sure. defense team, what you what you have to do. Sure. Then they said that, like, she was denied her legal right to counsel because she wanted representation. Now, what's sure. your interpretation on that? Because she wasn't under arrest, but, like... Uh, sh- 
Nah, she was afforded. They told her a hundred times. I mean, I watched the video. They had yeah. videos. I mean, obviously, obviously the lawyers came to their senses, I would imagine, at that time and said, listen, we, this is going to be a really tough battle to win here. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was pretty clear that these people committed the crimes. Right. So uh, any kind of defense is basically to save your life. Mm-hmm. If not, not so much to save you from jail, but it's to save your life. To get the death penalty off the table. Correct. Okay. So uh, once that all started to happen, and like I said, things started to spiral pretty quickly, and he was the first one up and pled guilty, and onward and upward. And uh, it was not long after where Miranda came in shortly then, therefore after, never said two words in court, just yes to being pleading guilty. And uh, they both were whisked away, waiting for sentence. And when sentence came, sentencing day came, they were both sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that is where they both remain today. We'll be right back. Sholly Insurance Agency is an independent insurance company that has been family-owned and operated since 1985. When you enter their branches in Lewisburg and Sealands Grove, you will be welcomed by local agents who understand your needs and want to help you find the right coverage at the best price. Locally based and community-oriented, Sholly Insurance will help you protect what you love. Head to sholleyagency.com for more information. Sholly Insurance Agency, we are here to help. Since Miranda and Elliot Barber were sentenced, Frances has maintained contact with Miranda. I was interested to hear about her mental state today, and if she has any remorse for the brutal murder of Troy LaFerrara. Did you have contact with either of them after they were sentenced? Miranda, I have, yes. To this day, there's times where we will talk to Miranda uh, we are currently also trying to work on getting her on here for you, but, mm-hmm. uh, something must be up cause I haven't heard from her. So I don't know. So what was her kind of response? Like just after the sentencing, do you remember like what did, did you feel like she was remorseful or no, like what was, was no, kind of the attitude? She, said, she still said she wasn't. Then at one point she said she was, then at one point she went back to, no, she wasn't. So she kind of doesn't really. If you have any conversations with her, she really doesn't, unless you specifically talk about things, she won't really bring it up anymore, which leads me to believe, obviously, that it's stuck in her head. So, But, uh, no, she really didn't. She still claims that she needed to be where she's at. So, mm-hmm. And, like, from what you understand, she is not upset about spending life in prison? Doesn't seem to be at all. Seems to be uh, uh, the first home that she's ever really had. Wow. Was in Muncie State Prison. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about, like, her interactions with, like, other prisoners? Uh, there's times where I've heard that she was sent to uh, solitary, and she's been in there for, you know, a month here, a month there, two weeks here, two weeks there. So I think she had some issues. But nowadays, I mean, she's starting to become one of those, you know, old-timers in jail. So she's, you know, she'll be one of the – she's a lifer, so she's going to get, you know, her – her jail respect, I guess, is being in there forever. and She's never going anywhere else. That's her city now. That's her, that's her new town. That's her new home. So, Though newly married before they committed the murder of La Ferrara in 2013, Miranda and Elliot Barber are no longer a couple. As far as we know, Miranda has maintained contact with her daughter. 
So what about her relationship with Elliot? How did that? Uh, I know she tried to file for divorce. And then once the process became a little bit too hard, I think she just eventually said, screw it from what she told me, because what's the point anyway? Mm-hmm. I mean, not like. You know, so how did do you know anything about how that transpired? Because like during the interviews, at least with the first interviews with you, she seemed to say like she still loved Elliot. She would always love Elliot. So what kind of do you know what happened there that that kind of took a downward turn? Uh, she just basically said she didn't like what she was reading about him and he's a liar and this, that, and the other thing. So who knows what, what else is in there that, that she didn't really tell me, but, uh, she just, uh, just said she wants a divorce and filed the paperwork. And what about her daughter? Does she get to see her daughter at all? Does she my maintain is, some is they, sort of relationship? Yeah, my understanding is they speak. Her daughter's kind of grown up quick now. So, you know, I guess they speak. I don't know their, you know, what they personally speak about or anything like that. But uh, apparently they speak. So mm-hmm. good for her for doing that, at least. And to what they talk about, I, I don't know. Right. I can't imagine, like, being that kid. I would imagine that it's pretty tough, I guess. But, yeah. you know. Knowing that Francis has kept in contact with Miranda, I wondered if he had had any recent contact with Troy LaFerrara's relatives. So have you had any uh, sort of contact or any information on Troy LaFerrara's wife or like family? No, I do. I do uh, talk to, I do talk to, and I know that she listens, but I do talk to uh, Troy's mother, who is a, became a good friend of mine. Really? The whole thing. Yeah. She's a very nice woman. Uh, she was my buddy throughout it all, and we sat and talked many nights, and, and uh, I had full support from her on a lot of the stories that we did back then. So uh, she still goes out with her friends, gets her lunch once a week, I believe, or once a month or something like that, and, and she's doing well. So That's good. That's good. At the end of all of this, I wonder whether Miranda or Elliot Barber will ever have remorse for what they've done. Do you expect Mar- do you expect Miranda to ever have remorse? I think, do you think whatever that day of the week it is is what she wakes up and says. That's the problem. Uh huh. So, and has it always kind of been like it's that? It's been back and forth all the time. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you know, uh, I guess everybody needs somebody to talk to on occasion. So, you know, I- I'm an open book. So you call, I answer, no matter who it is, and you know that more than anybody. I talk to everybody from the bottom all the way up. So. So I know that you you had a lot more contact with Miranda than with Elliot, but hundred percent more. What if you had to guess? Would you say that Elliot is probably like has the same mindset of no no regrets, or do you think that he might regret regret it a little more? I I, I can't even answer him because I've had zero conversations with him, so I couldn't even have a guess on gauging where his mindset was. Mm-hmm. Taking a close look at the mind of a convicted murderer is honestly scary. Throughout this season, I wanted to go through the case and investigation, but also take a close look into the history and mindset of Miranda Barber, a murderer at only 17 years old. Today, I continue to wonder how she got to where she was in 2013. Likely a mix of substance abuse, mental illness, and bad influences in her life. But at the end of the day, there are no excuses for Miranda and Elliot Barber, the Craigslist killers. This podcast is produced by Harv Productions, LLC. 